Thanks for listening to Musings of an ADD Mind. Let's get some warnings out of the way. This episode may contain strong language, and the views and opinions expressed by the guest and host in no way, shape, or form represent the Oklahoma Historical Society or the state of Oklahoma. Welcome to the Musings of an ADD Mind podcast. This is your host, Jack, and I have the ADD Mind. So today I have a guest on who's going to talk about something that, I don't know, 40% of the kids in high school all say they want to do, and probably less than 1% actually do it. And that is go to the university abroad. Doesn't matter what country, just somewhere else. A lot of people want to do that, and it never happens. But for Kyle, it happened. And he went to one of my favorite places on the planet, Scotland, where Mm -hmm. he developed a fondness for beer and whiskey. He probably had that beforehand. (laughs) Yeah, that already existed a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you are from Oklahoma, so the beer part at least did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... um, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and sort of tell us what led you on uh, this adventure of going to the university, what university you went to in Scotland, and what led you going there in the whole process? Oh, my goodness. Well, my name's Kyle Irwin. I went to the University of Abertay, Dundee. And as the name might suggest, that's the university in Dundee, not to be confused with the University of Dundee. It is a second school there in Dundee. Uh, Funny enough, actually, Dundee is sort of considered one of the international students' cities in Scotland. Okay. So it wasn't just me going there and meeting a bunch of Scottish people. I met people from all over Europe and, I mean, some places outside of Europe as well. Um, As far as why I went... I like growing up, I decided I want to sort of try to get into the games industry Um, and then follow basically following a breakup after high school in my college days, I was Googling around and had a wild hair and Googled Scottish game schools and found out that the University of Abertay was accredited and actually sort of a world leader or at least very least a Europe leader in games industry, games technologies, courses and things of that nature. So got a wild hair and decided I'd try to apply and sort of see what would happen. And I believe at the time there was a a service called UCAS is how you would apply to schools in the UK. Uh, So filled all that info out and a while later got emails back saying, you know, asking about the courses I had been taking at OCCC and filled them in with that. And they offered me a position to go to school there. So, so did your classes transfer over or were they like, yeah, no, bro. <laughs> uh, funny enough, actually, when I first got accepted, I got accepted into the second year and I decided like some of the classes in first year, I wasn't sure that I would have enough experience in those things. So I, uh-huh. I, I would rather come in first year a little bit ahead than go into second year behind. So I opted to go ahead and come in at, in first year. That, that makes perfect sense. I, I can I see where you would well, do that. Yeah, one more year in Scotland. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, how how long before you actually went did you have? Was it like a, a three month period, six months? You know, you got approved and accepted in January. Went in August. <clears throat> what was your prep time? Funny enough, some of my like Facebook updates. You know how sometimes it'll be like memories from blah blah yeah, blah years right. ago. I got one recently. I think it was in May that I found out that I had been accepted. And so, I mean, you know, just a few weeks ago, I had that little notification pop up, like, here's your memories from 13 years ago. My goodness, it's been that long. But uh, yeah, found out in May and then basically prepped up and quit my job here in August and then caught a plane in September and went over. Wow. (laughs) Were you, uh, so were you, just that whole at the start of it, were you nervous? Were you freaked out? I mean, obviously you were excited because you know you were you were going on this awesome thing, but were you nervous about going over there, leaving sort of everyone behind? Yeah, and not to mention I was I'd never been on a plane before. <laughs> so you know, was, if your first uh, one just, might as well be a long one. Yeah, right? <laughs> might as well just you know make it worthwhile. So, yep, I went down to uh, 
drove down to Texas to get a flight out of Dallas and then flew to, oh, what was it, Washington, D.C., flew out of D.C. to New York and then New York to, I want to say, Shannon, Ireland, and then had a beer at the airport and then from Shannon, Ireland, went to uh, Edinburgh. And I mentioned having a beer there because I was just turning, well, I was about 20 and a half, so I wasn't quite legal age here yet, but uh, first steps in Ireland and (laughs) immediately ran to find a bar and sit down and have a Guinness. (laughs) <laughs> you just so we've both been to the airport in Shannon, Ireland. Completely yeah, I, different circumstances. I was yeah. on my way to Kuwait. Oh yeah, very different circumstances. <laughs> yeah, um, Bill Clinton sent me there, there and uh, as the planes landing, is because they were refueling. It was like midnight, and the commander gets on, and he's all, uh, "Now we're going to be in the airport. There might be a chance that the bar is open. Some of you might be under twenty-one." But that doesn't matter because none of you are going to the bar. <laughs> and we're like, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. man. All right. Yeah. I see what you're doing. They're rather bossy when they're officers in the military. That's that's one of the things I noticed when I was in. They like to tell you what to do. <laughs> Fair enough. It feels like a lot of the structure there is, yeah, either telling people what to do or getting told what to do. Exactly. Exactly. So when you first I'm assuming you probably had more than just a couple of days I mean, before school started. What, did you give yourself a week or two to maybe see some of Scotland? Or uh, I showed up, I think it was sort of just, I got told when to show up, if I remember correctly. And it was, man, I want to say like September 9th or 10th or something like that. And school started on the 21st, 20th, okay. somewhere in there. But Scotland... Very different, uh, sort of one of the culture shocks of going to school in Scotland is a lot of the places, at least like here in Oklahoma and a lot of other schools around the United States, you've got the college campus and they've got unions and stuff. You can go to the union and have some coffee, maybe have some lunch, buy some textbooks. In Scotland, you go to the union to drink. Like our union had a sports bar, had a a restaurant bar, and then had a nightclub in the basement. Uh, and so the week after I got there, they had an event called Freshers Week and Freshers Week was basically like they give you a little card and it had little stamps for each day of the week. And it was basically like university events to go party at until school started. I think the <laughs> idea was like, if we do this and put it on, maybe they'll get it out of their system. Right. <laughs> I'm not Did sure how well that worked. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Did you have a hard time when you first got there uh, with like the real heavy Scottish accents? Because I know that sometimes that can be, depending on what part of Scotland someone's from, because like a Glasgow accent is can be hard to understand as, a, as an yeah. American. I had friends from Edinburgh, Glasgow, and Aberdeen. But funny enough, when I showed up, I think it was more the sort of international students. And so I was hanging out mainly with like, French folks, uh, Spanish folks, Germans, uh, some, let's see, Finnish, Swedish, uh, I mean, golly, just about anybody, Belgium. (laughs) Right. It wasn't, I mean, for the first few days, it seemed like I didn't really hang out with many Scottish people. Mm -hmm. Like you would see people out working and stuff and like you'd, you know, interact with some, but the people I mainly hung out with for the first probably few weeks to months was where other international students sort of sidetracking because I have ADD. One of the, the big things I heard about when it were heard about read about, it was a big conversation is when the UK left the EU was how it was going to affect uh, universities because a lot of universities in the UK and vice versa have so many European people that attend there so many you know uk uh go on there so what is your brief unexpected thoughts that you didn't know you were going to get asked about (laughs) (laughs) uh i remember as it was happening i had asked some of my friends in the uk sort of like what's going on what do you think about it and generally i will say most of the friends i asked were in scotland or still or were scottish i should say right scottish and uh they're they sort of, at least the ones I spoke to, want and probably still want independence and thought that basically the reason we were leaving the EU is because England sucks. 
<laughs> right. I mean, that's. And so they were pretty much just against the entire thing. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I remember when that came out, Scotland was like 90 like, percent stay in the EU. And yeah, you're dragging was, us along with you and it sucks. We don't want this. Yeah, but, it was England was like 70 percent the other way. And I think Northern Ireland was maybe 50 50, if I remember correctly. But yeah. They have a slightly larger population in England. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So when your classes started, how different was like the classroom experience there versus in the U.S.? Um, or not at all. I'm, you know, <laughs> not terribly. Because funny enough, at O Trip, I had some international teachers. And so right. going there, I still had international teachers. Uh, the main difference was, at least at the University of Aberté, I can't speak for all sort of European schools, but we didn't have basics. Like, you know, usually around the United States, you'd have like an English or a psychology, sociology, those kind of courses that have to right. fill certain credit hours. There was none of that. It was just four years of game courses and stuff to do with my degree there was i didn't take any math classes i didn't take any english classes or anything like that it was all just courses geared towards my degree so that, that was awesome that that sounds beautiful the lack yeah. of math classes would that in itself yeah. makes make going to university and yeah <laughs> over <I'm>, there <laughs> i don't think i've done a math class since i was concurrent enrolled in high school and i'm all for it yeah uh let's just say math and me don't get along so yep. i know how you feel i understand the importance of math and oh, i yeah. applaud those people that can you know beautiful mind a chalkboard mm -hmm. but as I, soon as they put like some sort of weird symbol thing on there i'm out <laughs> yeah it there's some of it like clicks and makes a lot of sense and i'm like oh yeah sure you know you go here and do this you find x awesome and then other stuff it just yeah it's like here in Greek. I don't know what you're talking about. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, how soon after you got there did you uh, discover your fondness for whiskey or scotch? Oh, I mean, <laughs> the bigger, I mean, what didn't like I drink? Sep like September 10th? <laughs> right. <sighs> At going out with the international students, like, Amer I don't know. There's a difference to a degree of how we party, I guess. Like, I was, of course, still underage in the United States. And so I was basically just occasionally sneaking some beer and whatnot, not really doing too terribly much. But I mean, you get there and then basically everything's off or everything's nothing's off limits, I should say. And you're hanging out with people that have been drinking for years because they've all been of age or they are of age and it's time for them to start going crazy. And so, yeah, it was more just, what didn't we drink? We drank, I mean, we were also poor students. So right, right. <laughs> we drank a lot of poor, terrible quality stuff. Just a lot, a lot of mad dog. <laughs> the equivalent there, there was a. Haggis oh, dog. <laughs> <laughs> there was one called, I want to say it was Frosty Jacks is what it was called. And it was like a three liter bottle of cider that was on the bottom shelf at Tesco. And it was like five or six pounds for three liters of it and it just oh my gosh terrible <laughs> but we somehow got through it and then a lot of trips walking to tesco and walking back with cases of beer <laughs> one of one of the things that i've always found um funny just from like seeing commercials is you one time you told me that when you were over there you said like stella artois was like like the, the trash beer, and then you get over here and it's completely treated differently. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Here it's, ooh, fancy Stella Artois, an import. And there it's like, I don't know, you guys want to get some crappy Stella and go drink somewhere? Like, yeah, <laughs> it was not a fancy beer at all. I, I guess flying over the Atlantic Ocean changes things up a bit for you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, um, Obviously, we're still in that first year. What did you do um, like at Christmas time? Did you fly back here? Did you have your first Christmas in Scotland? Because I know Christmas in Scotland is not the huge thing that it is in the States. No, uh, Hogmanay is a sort of a big deal. 
it's, right. I would say it's still a bigger deal here. We, uh, we're pretty big into our holidays around these parts. Um, we do like them. Mm-hmm. But for first year, I, I'm mixing up my years. I want to say first year was the year I went to France with a buddy of mine. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm poor. I don't have enough money to fly back home for the holidays. I got to save this money so I can get home for summer. Uh, and he was like, well, you can come back home with me to France. And I was like, dude, I can't afford a flight to France. And he was like, I don't know. It's like 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20, maybe because we'd get on like Ryanair and it was just super cheap. And I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. Maybe I could afford the flight to France, but I can't afford like to feed myself or and he's like, now you stay with me and my family and we'll feed you. And you know, we'll drink beer and stuff until it's time to come back. I'm like, well, okay. You twisted my arm. <laughs> he had you at beer. No, yeah. <laughs> no I, that would be pretty cool, though, to spend Christmas time in France like that and get the the non-touristy version oh, yeah. of it. The real France, so to speak. <laughs> my, my touristy part of my visit to France was after we landed at Charles de Gaulle. We went to meet his, or his dad picked us up in Paris and then uh, basically got a car tour through Paris and it was like, oh, there's the Eiffel Tower, there's Moulin Rouge, and there's the Arc de Triomphe. Uh, I think the Arc de Triomphe is the only one we stopped at <laughs> because it was sort of on a big roundabout. And he was like, yeah. yeah, we can stop. You can get out and look for a minute. Uh, and then we went to, <laughs> they've got like a little apartment there, or at the time they had a little apartment in Paris. Uh, and we went to like a, a party that was happening, ate there, ate some snacks and stuff, went to sleep because then our flight down to Poe in uh, Southwest France, was it like 5 a.m. or something? So we had to get up crazy early. Again, uh -huh. hop in the car, drive to the airport, or yeah, drive to the airport, fly down to Poe. Uh, I will say that was the first time I was getting on a flight and watching the crew outside trying to like spray the wings down to get the ice off them. Right. So that was, that helped the nerves for sure. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Funnily enough, I too have been to Charles de Gaulle Airport. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure if it counts. <laughs> that was on the way home. We okay. did not stop at Shannon on the way home. And they did not let us get off the plane because, you know, it's France. Yeah. So you're sitting in this plane for two hours and you're just like, oh, my God, hurry up, refuel, yeah. load up the new food, do all of that crap. And so your your version of Charles de Gaulle is probably more was, memorable than mine. It was very hurried each time on the way when we arrived it was like let's go 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 my dad's waiting for us let's get out to the car okay get out to the car and then on the way in, it was like okay go 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 we got to catch this flight so we can get you know to the south of france I'm like okay if i remember right i was sort of surprised because charles de gaulle is supposed to be one of the biggest airports in the world but the at least the terminal we were at was nothing fancy <laughs> it right. did very much give sort of like small town airport vibes but then in the back of my mind, I'm like, but this is one of the biggest airports in the world. This is weird. It sucks. Yeah. It, I mean, you said it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some of the international terminals are a lot cooler, but that one was just a tiny little thing. It, just... it may have been our destination sort of determined that. <laughs> so what was the south of France like? Uh, wonderful. I had a great time. We uh, got to his parents' house in Poe. Uh, of course, he remarked that his parents' house was older than our country. And I was, uh, I don't really know what to do with that information. Just like, all right, man, uh, cool I mean, flex. It happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were big house, really thick walls that had been like retrofitted for electricity and everything. Uh, his parents were wonderful. Gave me a lot of awesome French food. The first time I'd ever eaten rabbit because his mom was like, you've never had rabbit? Oh, I'll cook you some food. Um, we drank wine, basically every night and at one point he was like now don't get the wrong impression like french people don't drink this much wine usually but it's because you're here like we have a guest so hospitality you know we're we're gonna drink wine basically Requires. every meal <laughs> basically uh, but let's see from poe we also went to uh we went up in the pyrenees because either his i think his family or maybe his uncle or somebody had a cabin in the pyrenees so we went up to try to snowboard didn't get to snowboard, went skiing, found out I suck at skiing. Haven't been skiing again since, uh, but did drink a lot there also. A lot of drinking in these stories. Um, <laughs> right. And then went to uh, Bordeaux and then Toulouse. Uh, Bordeaux was to visit a friend of his, I think, 
or more family. And then Toulouse, I think, was to go to his brother's place. It was uh, an interesting time. Got to go yeah. quite a few places. I bet the Pyrenees were just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, growing up, I've probably driven through the Rockies a couple times. Uh, not really. I don't think I've been around the Appalachians very much. And then, but yeah, in this tiny little car in France that felt like it was probably from like the 1950s. I mean, it was almost comically French how this car looked. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah, <clears throat> driving out of this valley and then going back and forth, back and forth up the side of a mountain. And it, I mean, you're sitting there like half an hour goes by and it's like, man, we've been going, you know, left, right, left, right, up and up for quite a while. And then you like turn to look out towards the valley and you're like, oh, wow, we're like thousands of feet up now. This is it's interesting for a kid from Oklahoma, you know, that yeah. we don't really have mountains around here. So it's no, an interesting I, experience. I, I understand when we go and visit the kids in Colorado Springs, uh, my, my daughter's bedroom window has a perfect view of Pikes Peak. Oh, that's cool. And um, back when we were there or when I was there in March, um, I actually had a filling come out and had to make an emergency trip to the dentist in Colorado Springs. That was a fun adventure with insurance and finding someone oh, that could fit me in that day. I bet. And that was also, I'm getting my tooth worked on and I'm looking out and there's Pikes Peak. <laughs> and it's like, this does not happen in Oklahoma. Nah. Yeah. Pikes Peak is actually on my list. Of, I want to try to, I don't know, at some point it'd be cool to try to scale up that. It's a, uh, you should do it. And just, I'm going to warn you, if you go to the Garden of the Gods, there are neither gardens nor gods when you go. Well, talk about misleading. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. I was like, where are the gardens? <laughs> My son's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I was expecting like some big garden thing. And there are clearly no temples to Zeus here. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Americans. Where are your, your great grand cathedrals to ancient gods of western europe <laughs> well, a good chunk of them are on every other corner <laughs> yeah, well. just one okay maybe not western europe but it kind of has been appropriated yeah anyway that's that's unrelated to what we're talking about now <laughs> yeah but but yeah just, france was, was it was a pretty good time i think the only complaint i had about it was uh i think i spent about a month in france and while um very happy I got to go. I'm grateful to all the accommodation, and everything. My only complaint was hearing so much French for so long. <laughs> like by the time we got back to, I think, I don't remember which airport it was, but some flight attendant or somebody somewhere or steward or whatever was like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. And like spoke regular English as like a native English speaker. Um, obviously, it was like English, English, not American English. But man, I was like, it has been <laughs> so long since I've heard English Thank you. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to get on this plane. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, if I had been studying French, I imagine it would be a very different story because oh, I'm immersing myself in the language, right? And I picked up some phrases while I was there, but I yeah, I I was ready to get back to home in Scotland. I guess before we go into a little further into the rest of your time in Scotland, while I'm thinking about it. What other European countries did you get to go to during your time in Scotland, if um, any at all? I got to go to Germany a few times because then my flatmate was from Germany. Uh, and then another flatmate was from Northern Ireland, which, I mean, not really a different country, but a different place in Europe at the very least. Right. So went to spend some time in Northern Ireland, went to a Giant's Causeway for and uh, the Bushmills Distillery around St. Patrick's Day and then spent St. Patrick's Day in Belfast, which is a trip. And then uh, spent some time down in England. That's about it. I, there's a lot more places in Europe I want to go to. Oh, no, I also almost forgot. went to Poland for a, a stag do, as you call it, but it's a bachelor party. That's what right. we would call it. And Poland was a, that's a, that's a time. That's, <laughs> Poland's cool. Poland's cool. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll make sure to tell my uh, my eldest daughter's uh, boyfriend, he's of Polish descent, that my buddy Kyle said Poland is cool. Yep. Krakow's a fun town, man. They'll be glad to hear that. Yep. <laughs> All right. So you get back from your French vacation. 
for a month, which had to, like I say, been cool. And you know, you're, I guess, do they do they do the semester thing over there as well, or is it sort of like uh, a year thing? Because I'm, if I remember right, it's more like half year. So like you have the first half of the year, uh-huh. and, you know, until like the Christmas break. Those are all your classes, right. and then the second half from January to May or yeah May, and then that was your other set of courses. Okay, so you went in cruising, learning, loving life. You're obviously, I would imagine, by that point, used to everything. So were you... uh... At times, it was interesting how, I mean, even over the course of four years, occasionally something would still hit me. And I'd be like, oh, that's very different. Like, it's I've been here for how many years? And still, like, yeah, occasionally something would still just sort of smack me. And I'm, oh, that is, okay. There's this culture shock years on. So how soon after you got there was it before you had your first iron brew? Uh, God, I don't remember. That had to have been one of my Scottish friends that got me that. I don't remember if I was even fully aware of sort of what it was at the time. Because even leading up to it, I hadn't started talking to any Scottish people or like made any Scottish friends. On I want to say on UCAS, there was something about like a forum or something and it would like you could try to find other people that were going to be going to the same school as you and sort of be right. like, Hey, I'm going to be a strange foreign kid too. You want to be friends? And you could start talking before you got there. So at least you'd have somebody to say hello to. Right. Right. But yeah, nobody, nobody's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> to, to my, to my listening audience, iron brew is like Scotland's national soda. Oh yeah. It's, it's like here, you know, you have Coke, but you also have Pepsi and Dr. Pepper. In Scotland, you have Iron Brew. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. And I'm assuming Coke <clears throat> and Pepsi, but I mean, they love yeah. them some Iron Brew over there. I will say, I mean, small culture shock. The all, I don't know that I went anywhere in Europe where pop or soda, whatever you want to call it, had high fructose corn syrup. I think everywhere in Europe has regular sugar. Yeah. So if you go over there and you expect Coke to taste the same, you'll be sorely mistaken. Yeah. Now it it does make a difference when it's real sugar versus <laughs> yeah the fruit high fructose corn syrup for sure. It but also does. <clears throat> on the topic of Iron Brew, I don't know. Speaking and also speaking of the dentist, have you ever, especially when I was younger in like the nineties and going the, to the dentist, occasionally you would get like the laughing gas that is the uh, bubble gum flavor, right? To me, that's what Iron Brew tastes like. Like if you could liquefy that and make it sweet, that's sort of what Iron Brew tastes like. Bubble gum laughing gas from the dentist. <laughs> but like, but while that might make it sound like, mm, I don't know if I want to try that. That sort of flavor, but good. Not, yeah, because like, it's, it's not off-putting. It's almost like they start with a cream soda yep. and improved it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, if you're if you're ever at a Scottish festival and they have some iron brew there uh you should purchase some and try it don't order it on amazon it's ridiculously expensive it'll get real expensive and then sometimes when you get it it doesn't seem as carbonated i feel like there's a little bit of truth to the like i mean especially in regards to like guinness i've heard before like you know the closer you are to dublin the better it tastes and i feel like there is an element of truth to that because while guinness is still my favorite beer and it is amazing here like there it was just a a little bit better. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Even more amazing. For sure. That's uh yeah. It's weird the uh sort of the things that you take back from you know an adventure like that. Yeah. So I guess the uh, the next question is did you find yourself a uh, a girlfriend while you were over there? Ha, I did. Uh <laughs> I did a girl for uh, two and a half years. That was from, I'm, I mean, originally Scottish. I think she mainly grew up in and around London and then moved back to Scotland because her dad had sold a business and retired back up that way. And I think part of it was he wanted his family to be in Scotland because, you know, there's the whole, right. Yeah. This sort of long held feud between Scotland and England. I, I I can't imagine why based <clears throat> on what why. I know of their history. But yeah, this is so strange. It's not like but England yeah. doesn't like taking over other countries. Yep. Uh, yeah, dated a girl named Lizzie. Uh, funny enough, I just 
talked to her last week. Hadn't talked to her in years, but got a wild hair and said hello. That's that's cool. I mean, yep, that's awesome. Uh, have you seen the meme that talks about how no country on the planet is responsible for more Independence Day celebrations than England? <laughs> no, but that checks out. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you stop and think about it. You're like, oh, that, yeah, that's well, probably yeah. a good third oh. of the countries on the planet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I mean, there was a what was it called? The Commonwealth Games. And here you're like, oh, what the hell is that? Commonwealth Games. Okay, there's uh, some kind of game. Uh, it is almost like a baby wannabe Olympics of like a bunch of different countries competing in different things. Uh, but the Commonwealth Games, I believe, are just all countries that at one point had the queen ruling them. Right. So hey, you get Wait some... a minute. We should get invited to that. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> just because we well, started it. <laughs> well, just because we wanted to get out. Uh I can't remember if they still have to have her as a at least a political (laughs) figurehead or what. Right, right. Like Canada gets to go to the Commonwealth Games, but the Queen doesn't really do anything with Canada. But uh, she's still associated somehow. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how. And I think Australia is the same way, isn't it? Yeah. It's like you're our Queen, but not really. Eh. (laughs) Eh. 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 Queen and name. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume you didn't get to hang out with her while you were there for some nah. strange reason. I, I mean, I went to Buckingham a few times. She just never popped out to say hi. I don't know. Yeah, something. <laughs> I feel like you'd probably rather hang out with, you know, Harry or, you know, Prince Harry than the Queen anyway. Yeah. Probably he's so. probably more fun. Well, maybe back then, maybe not now, you know, now that he's married and a dad. Yeah. Well, I'm, well yeah, loyal. at the time. Yeah. But at the time, <laughs> at the time. So after that first year, were you thinking, oh, man, I can't wait to get back for year two? Or was there any sort of do I really want to continue going? You know? Oh, there was. Yeah, no hesitation about going back. Uh, I, I very much wanted to come back home. I came back home for, uh, I think, about two months because basically my student housing after first year was done which thankfully I want to say I was paying like 400 pound a month, which at the time when I originally went to Scotland, the pound to dollar conversion was about $1.9 to one pound. So, I mean, I was spending almost twice as much for everything. So 400 pounds a month for a tiny little, like one bedroom in a flat that I shared with three other or two other dudes, uh, close to $800. And that's a bit ridiculous. Right. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, school ended and I was like, I'm done with this. I don't want to be in this flat anymore. I got some stuff lined up with some other guys. I'm going to move in with them in second year, but they didn't have room for a while, blah, blah, blah. But I was going home anyway. So went home and then I came back in, I think it was August. And then a guy moved out of the flat and I took his place and started paying 125 pounds a month, which was significantly better. Yeah. Way better. I can't argue with that at all. Yeah. <laughs> Much better. Oof. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, wow, I can afford oh, food. I, I, I can afford food. My flatmates sometimes cook really good food. <laughs> I ate a lot of ramen noodles in first year. There's a there's something that travels. Yeah, um, that, that's universal. International. <laughs> yeah. He ate ramen noodles for a year and spent approximately 25 bucks. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very thankful for my flatmate. Uh his sort of Englishized, Anglicized name at the time was Jerry. Uh, he was Chinese and would have just big groups of friends over and they would sit for hours making Chinese dumplings. And occasionally I would wander in, in the middle of it, of like 10 Chinese students and be like, uh, my bad. They'd be like, do you want to make dumplings with us? I'm like, hell yes. Sure. So then I would sit and make dumplings for hours and then we'd throw them all in like a, a hot pot and sit and just fish out dumplings and eat them up. And oh my God, they were so good. You, uh, listeners, you can't tell, but he, he had this look of pure joy, ecstasy with, with a bit of sadness that it's not happening again. <laughs> oh yeah. That's hundred percent real. There's one thing, there's many different kinds of food from my time in the UK that I find myself occasionally being like, Oh God. Oh, I miss that so much. The, the dumplings are a big one because man, they were good. And then black pudding. Oh God, I miss black pudding. Black pudding, bacon on a baguette with brown sauce. Oh, so good. No. And, and of course, haggis, neeps, and tatties is amazing. Right. Now, now explain 
<laughs> what black pudding is. Because uh, that's that's pretty interesting. <laughs> black pudding is a sausage made from blood and oats and some other stuff all mixed together. But usually you get it in like a, a, a disc shape. But it's just, oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know how to explain it. It's just so good. I went to, there's a place in Tulsa, uh, Kilkenny's, that does black pudding. But they, they're like a quarter size, it seems like. And I don't know if maybe if they're making them here or trying to ship them from somewhere but in the uk i mean they were like you know right two three inches diameter oh they were so much better and like juicy whereas at candies they're a little drier right i mean it just can't compare to eating it there so i wonder if black pudding has the same sort of restrictions that haggis has in the u.s i think so i think that's the main reason why we don't get like real really good black pudding yeah, because it's probably the Americanized version of it. Yeah, which isn't the same because the Americanized version of haggis is awful. Yeah, it's not great. Haggis it's just sort of like a meatloaf ish. Eh. But yeah, haggis in the UK is, haggis is like oh, pretty so good. good. I love it. I had uh, not just like oh, I'll try it this one time and see if I like it. I like. I would order that on a on a regular basis. Yeah, but the last few years at Burns Night. Um, I'm not going to say who these people are, but I will just say that this person's from Scotland and they searched around the state of Oklahoma and found a sheep rancher that would sell them all of the bits that you need to make real haggis. Mm. And so our, about the last four years of Burns night has been actual real haggis. Wow. It might have to be coming along to Burns night again soon. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the haggis, Real haggis is not bad. Americanized haggis, like you said, is just some sort of weird saging meatloaf with an odd texture and oats. Yeah, not great. Yeah, no, no. <clears throat> yeah, haggis, neeps, and tatties is it's all like minced up, and so there's it's not really like there's no real big chunks of anything. And then the neeps are parsnips, and those are all mashed up, and then tatties, potatoes, all mashed up. So it's sort of just like a you know, when you get like Neapolitan ice cream, you get chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry, and they're each yes. in like their own little section. That's sort of how the haggis, neeps, and tatties are. You get the neeps, haggis in the center, and then the tatties off to the side. So they're like three little sections on the plate. At least at like the uh, Weatherspoons. That's where I usually had it, was one of a Weatherspoons location. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was just great. Get that with a beer. Have yourself a wonderful time. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the cool thing too, because you were really living more as like a native Scot, you know, Scotsman. Yeah, after a while, and I started sort of being uh, assimilated with some of my classmates that right. were Scottish, and so I I ended up doing a lot more of the sort of normal Scottish things with them. Yeah, that's to me that's always the coolest part of when you get to go abroad or something like that is the non-touristy parts. Maybe not yeah. in Somalia. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some places I think you would you would jump at the chance to do the touristy bits. Yeah, there probably are no touristy bits in Somalia, to be quite honest. But <laughs> there are definitely yeah. a ton of them in Scotland. Um, oh yeah, just you know, in, in the U England's the same way, and Ireland and France. But I think getting to sort of do what the the residents get to do is probably the real you know, the more authentic and real experience. And as a student, you definitely probably got more of that than the tourist. Oh, yeah. Oh, one thing I remember at the time thinking to myself, you know, when you go on vacation, usually you would take like a little travel size thing of toothpaste or maybe even a big buy a big thing of toothpaste. But there was one point, I mean, I don't know, a few months into first year when I was on my maybe towards the end of first year, but it was, I think my third tube of toothpaste. And I was like, man, what an odd indicator or odd metric. But I was like, this feels like, you know, I'm really legitimately living somewhere else now because I've gone through so many tubes of toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just remember thinking like, that should be some kind of like, you know, international metric that people can use to decide if they've lived somewhere for real. Like, oh, I lived so-and-so, like for how long? Oh, a couple months. Like, well, you didn't really live there then. You visited. <laughs> you had right, an extended right. You didn't have to buy more toothpaste. Yeah, you didn't go through a few tubes of toothpaste. It'd be a poser. You know, <laughs> and I counted up the entire four years I was there and I went through 24. <laughs> right. 
parents. So did you have to have your parents send it to you as UK toothpaste, not as, is it different than uh, American toothpaste? Since we're on the subject. <laughs> uh, most things are a little bit different, not necessarily any better or worse, uh, or at times noticeably different, but there's just like little bitty things here and there. At one point, I want to say it was my buddy Michael Ritchie made a point that he was saying, because what is it that we have, I think it's Schick here, the like right. razor company, and they have Wilkinson Sword. Right. And we have Axe Body Spray here, and they have Lynx. And we got onto the topic at one point, and I was like, why? Like everything has to be just a little bit different. It's the exact same parent company, same product, but they just changed the name slightly. And apparently it was something to do with like in the, I want to say he said it was in the 70s the UK and USA, the cultures weren't necessarily super getting along and the mm. companies wanted to do enough differentiation that they could continue to sell products, but make it seem like, oh, well, this is the US product. This is the UK product. Right. They're totally different. When in reality, there's no difference whatsoever. It's just yeah. named something different. I've always appreciated that their razor company had sword in the title. Yeah, it's just... definitely a cooler name than Schick. Sh sh well, I don't even, what is that? But Wilkinson sold. Some German uh, dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. We will shave your face. <laughs> you will like it. Yeah. Fun times. This is that what? <laughs> so when you were over there, um, <laughs> did your, uh, I mean, it's typical when you're, you know, in college in the university, did, did, were your parents able to send you any money or were you just hosed on your own? Did you have to uh, work your OnlyFans page? <laughs> a lot of feet pics. <clears throat> no, I wish, man. I would throw some feet pics down on the internet. Um, <laughs> I got money occasionally. I mean, I didn't. our family didn't necessarily grow up with a ton of money in the bank, and I sort of struck out and did all of it on my own. But I took just a ridiculous amount of student loans out. And I'm, I mean, it's been nine years since I graduated, and I'm still paying on them. So well, I, mean, I mean, nine years. Imagine yeah, what you're going to be paying on them uh, in fifty. There, yeah, there's still. <laughs> there, I'm not any. I don't think I'm even halfway through. I mean, I've still got quite a ways to go. Yeah, yeah. And, but and I, I mean, mean, in hindsight, there are different universities in Europe, not necessarily the UK, but in Europe that are just completely free to international students. And looking back, I'm like, whoa, why didn't I go to one of those? <laughs> right. I should look into that. I wonder if. I wonder if Heather'd be cool if I went to university in Belfast for yeah you, four for, years. Uh, or... I want to say it's Germany and Denmark and Norway and I know Germany specifically because at one point right. there was I read an article that was like, well, Germany, why would you want to make school free for international students? And they were like, well, because some of those international students stay. First off, they like fall in love with the culture and want to stay in Germany, and those people right. make our country better by being here. But also. You go to school in Germany, you you make friends for life right. and learn about a different culture. And when you do go back home, hopefully you have good things to say about our country. I'm like, man, man what a what a great view. It makes See, so I, much sense. I've heard the Czech Republic is fun. Mm. That, I that would be a some, great place to go to a free university. From Czech. Yeah. But I didn't get to so, go. That would that would definitely definitely be a good time. So just as a simple aside, you're saying that in Germany, they view immigrants slightly different than here, say, half the population. <laughs> when I last checked, yes. And <laughs> specifically about students, I'm not necessarily sure about the, uh, the other the rest of sides <laughs> of things. Yeah. Of course, you, in Europe, I mean, they... They want a wall for Germany, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a very specific kind of wall at the very long time ago. Uh, but yeah, when you're a student, generally when you hear about things or talk to people, a lot of things come back to, you know, how it impacts students, not necessarily. Yeah. Well, you know, the liberal or conservative parties in Germany believe this and that. Uh, we didn't really ever get into that kind of stuff. It was right, just, right. <laughs> oh, what about students? What about that, student life? That was really just more a joke at MAGA people. Oh yeah, at yeah. their expense. I got gotcha. you. know, I try to fit those in when, <clears throat> whenever I can. And if Fair. you're listening and you're a MAGA supporter, it was a joke. So don't come over here and start yelling at me. Yeah, don't get your panties in a twist. And if you're a man wearing panties, well, you got other things to worry about. If you're MAGA. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, wear buckskin pants and a Viking hat. Yep. Or a red Viking hat, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I keep sidetracking myself. That's the beauty, Once, as I said earlier, of having a podcast that you are embracing your inability to focus on things. Any tangent you go on is expected. And if you don't go on any tangents at all, people might think I've started taking medication for it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> like what's something's different about jack i don't understand man that's weird <laughs> it's just doesn't have the same feel he was so focused tonight <laughs> so what focused the, so weird what the hell how did he do that wow. for a full hour my god <laughs> so strange <laughs> yeah so what was sort of the uh you know year one obviously big change year two hey i know what's going on here by the time you get to year three and year four what was sort of like for you, the big change and the big difference as you, you know, finished third and fourth year and got close to graduation and you're thinking to yourself, man, I got to go back to the States. Did you contemplate staying over there? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so in order to stay, I mean, knew I had to get, I at least make enough money to start paying back my student loans. That was one of the big things, you know, oh, and six months out of school, I got to start paying this crap back. And it was their payments at the time were ridiculously high. Let's say that. Um, and so in order to do that, I would have had to have made a certain amount of money, but also in order to get a work visa, I would have had to get a job starting at 20,000 pounds. And the positions I was going for, for like a associate producer in the games industry, uh, a lot of those, at least in the UK and Europe didn't pay that much. Mm -hmm. okay. And in the midst of, God, I think, around that time to probably three, four, five months out, I probably put in two to 300 applications to different games industry places and all kinds of different companies. Eventually found out a buddy of mine was getting married, came home to be his best man. Um, and then I've been here ever since. Yeah, I was, yeah. I've had some, a few promising interviews in different different places that wouldn't have been Oklahoma because, of course, we don't really have a games industry that's not tied to casinos or whatnot. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Never say never. Uh, with COVID and everything, make reshaping sort of the professional world and things going a lot more remote, maybe someday that might open some doors for me to, you know, marry back into that life. That would be a... That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I looked into... A... When I retire, I'm like, I'm uh, freaking just going to move to Scotland. And then it was like, you know, that might be kind of, I don't know if my Oklahoma retirement would be quite good enough in Scotland. And then I was like, and then my son is like, well, dad, you should move to Edinburgh and open up a barbecue restaurant. He's I like, mean, because they wouldn't have, he's like, they may not know real authentic <clears throat> sort of barbecue but then i was like do you know how expensive it would get to ship mesquite and pecan to scotland because i don't think there are a lot a lot of those trees in abundance over there yeah uh that might i don't know I, you would either have to start sort of charging a premium or start cutting some corners get some maybe like concentrated liquid smoke type stuff to aid your right. process and then i would just feel like i was not being true to myself yeah and uh, I will say that was one of the things I missed while I was in Scotland, funny enough, was Tex-Mex, like Taco Bell and Mexican restaurants. Right. Dundee had a Mexican restaurant, one, uh, and I ate there a few times, but being a poor student, it had a little bit of a premium on it. Right, right. And then Edinburgh, if I remember right, had a, a burrito shop, which was magnificent. That place actually did amazing burritos. Yeah, a buddy of mine and me, every time we went down to Edinburgh for something, we would be like, so are we going to go over here to this burrito place? All right, cool. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Just load up on a big fat burrito. I, I don't blame you. Burritos are uh, extra special in the food yep. world and quite delicious. Uh, we had to go on a a trip to a place just outside London or one of the boroughs of London for uh, an Aikido competition while I was there. And that's when I found out that London still had a Taco Bell. And uh, one of the guys that we went down there with that was driving was like, didn't, didn't you say you wanted to go to Taco Bell? I'm like, yeah, man, but that's like an hour drive. He was like, we'll get in the car. I'm like, holy shit. Are you serious? You're going to take me to Taco Bell right now. And we, <laughs> we got to this place that was sort of like a shopping mall. And I think it was like 
15 to 20 minutes before they closed. Because another culture shock was most places in the UK close at like six. So if you're not ready for, I mean, you know, the United States sort of instant gratification. We're used to places staying open until right. at least nine. If it's closes and, before and, that, you'd be like, and Taco Bell too. Yeah, Taco <laughs> Bell, 2 a.m., if not later. And so, yeah, the first few times I'd, I'd get done with school or whatever in first year and be like, I need to go buy bath towels or whatever for my flat. Well, tough shit. It's past six o'clock. Nowhere's <laughs> open except bars. Like, no, oh, well. I guess I'll try to plan to get get out of the flat early get tomorrow, tomorrow and get it. Yeah. <laughs> so did the Taco Bell taste different? Uh, a little bit, but it was just still familiar enough that it scratched the itch and I loaded up on a lot more food than I probably needed to. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand that. Um, while in Kuwait, when we were sort of back at the, the base at the rear, once I was no longer with the, with a field unit or a line unit, a pizza inn opened up and after eating MREs and T-Rats, cause I did not eat the food that was cooked by the, cause I worked with the people that cooked the food and I did not eat the food that they cooked <laughs> because I saw behind the scenes. Yep. <clears throat> and you they were very nice the people. Made. Yeah. They were very nice people. I just didn't want to eat the food. The only thing I did was when they, made authentic curry chicken from India. Mm. And I figured there was enough curry in there to kill anything that would hurt me. Yeah. Ex- except for the curry. Um, <laughs> oh, curry's but, pretty um, good. But that pizza inn opened up in the line. If you had a, you're like, I'm going to get pizza. I'm going to get pizza. I'm going to get pizza. And to be honest with you, looking back, it really was not great pizza. It was not even really pizza in pizza. I just think Somebody was like, hey, can we call it Pizza Inn? Sure. But it was so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I feel like there is an element of just like the time since you've had it sort of fuzzies your memory of it a little bit. So even if it does taste a little bit different, you're still you're going to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Especially when it was coming off MREs. Yeah. Everything. Funny, I mean, there was <sighs> Dundee had a. Well, we had a McDonald's, a Pizza Hut, Domino's, KFC, but I feel like almost all of those tasted better while I was there. Except, I mean, the the odd thing was KFC when I first got there was serving French fries, and right. I think they, I think KFC does now, but at they the time do now, here, yeah, it's like no, recent. We, you had like chicken and potato wedges. There was no French fries mm-hmm. in sight, but there you could get like a bucket of chicken, and then it would just come with sides of fries, and I was like the hell is this <laughs> what <laughs> i came here for chicken what 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 the, yeah. what the hell odd little thing or like a, a supreme pizza coming out with corn on it which again <laughs> some of these things are a little more common now but at the time i'm like i've never really? had a supreme pizza in my life that has corn on it that is an odd thing to me you're like look let me tell you something i'm an american and this is wrong <laughs> this is just wrong this is not a domino's supreme pizza how dare you sir <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> this could not be any more wrong. <laughs> you know what? If you keep putting corn on pizza, you will never gain independence from England. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's never. the secret. The corn lobbies. Mm. That big corn. Big corn in Scotland is holding under the English heel. <laughs> yeah, who knew that big corn had gone that far overseas? Yep. You heard it here first, folks. Let us in on all the secrets. Yep. So uh, we still got a few more minutes here. Why don't you sort of just tell us like, you know, I don't know, the funnest time you had, the most unique time, your best memories. Oh, it, it doesn't even have to be like, well, you know, we went and saw a concert with Lady Gaga and yada, yada, yada. You know? <clears throat> uh, whatever. I did get to go to a concert while I was there. My buddy Blair took me over to Glasgow. We saw Dropkick Murphys in Scotland, which I felt was odd because, I mean, they're like a Boston band playing in Scotland. And I'm right. an Oklahoma kid seeing them in Scotland. It was it was, <laughs> it was sort of interesting to think about it outside. But, uh, I mean, that was a hell of a show. Had a really good time. Um, if, you, if somebody did get to go to Scotland, they want some stuff to sort of check out. I would very much recommend checking out Princess Street, uh, like this touristy bits. But then uh, there's a little place off of Princess Street, the Frankenstein Bar. I always had a good time going there. That was really fun. Uh, and the Isle of Skye is 
not necessarily known for being super touristy, but it is probably the most beautiful place I've ever been. Right. So I recommend that. I did get to go to my family castle. That was really cool. So if you've got any kind of clan ancestry, I recommend trying right. to look that up and seeing if, you know, it is something you can visit. Yeah, Clan Irwin. That... I'm trying and to think. Are Irvine they... of Drum up northeast towards I Aberdeen. Say, I was going to say they're closer. They're more north than they are border or. Well, we had Clan Irvine of Drum is northeast. And then we had Clan Irvine of Bonshaw. And that one, I think, is more south central Scotland. So more border fighters. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a good time as far yeah. as like, when I think back now about Scotland and the things I miss, uh, like I said, black pudding, uh, haggis, Nando's, I do miss Nando's occasionally. Okay. Um, brown sauce. I've actually had my buddy Mikey, he's shipped me some brown sauce before and some iron brew and different things. And we sort of do a yeah. trade occasionally, like I'll send you Twinkies and some other American junk food. If you'll send me like this sauce and a couple other things. Um, Golly, there used to be a little bar called the Art Bar. But I'm like the days of going there and just sitting in the little beer garden out back, drinking some beer, hanging out with my buddies was always a really good time. And next year, fingers crossed, I'm going to try to do like sort of a 10 year reunion type thing and call oh, cool. some friends and see if they all want to meet in Edinburgh and fart around for a while and do some drinking, catching up, reminiscing. Uh, and that will hopefully be one of the places we can get back to. I will say that is another cool thing about the UK and probably most of Europe is like, if you're in your flat and you're like, you know what, I want to call up some people and let's go see if we can go have a drink. Let's go. Even, even if you're planning on hitting it a little too hard. <laughs> right. Uh, it you basically always felt safer. Like in the U S Oklahoma specifically, you go out drinking. Well, you've got to get there somehow. You got to drive 30 minutes. Like from here, I got to drive 30, 40 minutes to get to the city. Well, and then if I live... go out, I can't go out and like get shit faced because how am I? I can't get home. I gotta be responsible. I gotta have somewhere to stay. Yeah. Or and you can't really Uber or... it because it's so far. I mean, if so I want to spend yeah. like one hundred and twenty dollars on an Uber ride, yeah, might as but... well pay for the DUI ticket. I mean, exactly. That was a joke uh, and a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer: It was a joke. Uh, but yeah, in the Scotland, I lived above a bar. I mean, there was a bar across the street. I think down our 300 foot street ish there was probably like three more bars and then around the corner i mean there was basically a bar just constantly you could just walk a few feet it seemed like and you'd find another right. one i might have a bit of a drinking problem it's colin <laughs> but right. it, was, it was easy to get out with friends and go out and sort of walk places and experience life and shoot the shit and then feel safe enough getting back home that was yeah. Really cool. Yeah. I have a theory that in the US, part of the reason that alcohol and sort of the consumption of all of that is different than in Europe is because it's almost treated like a big taboo until you yep. hit a certain age. You know, and in Europe, you're like, oh, hey, you're you're done with the bottle. Here, have some uh, have some wine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite that bad, but you know what I mean? Because it's not it's just more accepted as part of life and not some sort of evil thing because Quakers, I don't know, but yeah, I think it's, it might be demonized a little less. Yeah. Like you go out with your kids or something to a restaurant and you have a beer and it's not some big thing. Oh my God, you're drought drinking and you have your children. Like, no, I'm yeah. having dinner and had a beer. Like whoop, I'm not here getting shit faced. I just had a beer. whoop de doo Right. So I feel like that probably helps a little bit. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it, Definitely, I think, plays into it. But but to be fair, you know, to be fair. You, you do live here in Oklahoma, not in the city. It's safe yeah. to say it's BFE. Yep. Yep. Which is pretty much outside of Oklahoma City and Tulsa, the rest of the state. Mm hmm. Hey, I don't want to make you jealous, but you know where I got to go last Saturday? Right. Guyman, Oklahoma. Fancy pants over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've been to Scotland. I've been to Guyman. Oof. Jelly. I know. How can you not be? Yep. <laughs> I drove I drove nearly five hours to see my oh son my for an hour and then turn around and drive back for five hours. <laughs> it's, it's dedication. That's what that is. The things you do for your children, right? Yeah. And 
we were tasked with bringing him his six-week-old kitten that is from Oklahoma City. My wife tells me, hey, on the 28th, I'm driving to Guyman to take Duncan the kitten. And I said, that's cool. Who are you going to get to go with you? <laughs> Little did you know. And she's like, well, I was hoping it would be you. And I thought, well, yeah. I just thought it'd be a great time to bond with your sister. <laughs> and she's like, that's well, it'd be a great effort. time to bond with you. And I was oh, but like, we we're so bonded. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I think we know each other pretty well, but you know, I'm, I can't promise that I'm not going to perform Pink Floyd's The Wall on the way up there, just so you know. There you go. To which she responded, she's seen that performance hundreds of times. But what's new? <laughs> right. So, yeah, I got to go to Gaiman. <laughs> yeah, sounds riveting. Oh, you have never been more excited than that <laughs> yeah there was like a 10 15 minute stretch in the panhandle where there were no other vehicles that even drove past me you know i remember uh, driving home from abilene texas one time and it was okay. from midnight to 4 a.m i think is about the time i was driving this random highway and it was i there probably three four five hundred feet in front of me i could see taillights and then five, six, seven hundred feet behind me, I could see headlights. And it basically yeah. didn't change that way for what felt like two, three hours. Just yeah, I, that yeah. same spacing and almost no one going, you know, in the opposite direction, just empty. Yeah. I had, once again, when I was a kid, I lived in Abilene, Texas, because my dad was stationed at Nias Air Force Base in Abilene, Texas. And I'm, I have made that drive <laughs> before. Yeah. And then he got station here and sometimes i think to myself oh my gosh what if he never left dias how could have been an abilene boy i know i know instead i'm a i'm a sooner now goodness lucky me i moved up in the world (laughs) uh, maybe (laughs) i will withhold comment i i mean well i'm uh, not talking the rest of texas just abilene Fair. I mean, fair. Oklahoma okay. City is better than a, you know, Abilene, Lubbock. Yeah, I could see how that would. Yeah, the comparison there. So you know, a <laughs> little bigger, a little more, a little more exciting, a little more to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess we're getting close to the end here. It's hard to believe we've been chatting this long. Yeah. So I'm going to end with this. Um, if there is a, you know, somebody considering their journey in the university doesn't matter how old you are you could be 30 or 18 you could be 40 if you want i guess would you recommend going abroad to get your education yes uh i actually did two or three weeks ago one of my friend's kids said you know oh i'm going to triple c doing this doing that i was like you should think about going to school in germany (laughs) i I mean last time i checked it's free i mean don't necessarily let that stop you but the american education it's going to be expensive uh it's going to be expensive somewhere else like when i originally was looking at schools between the u.s and scotland i mean some of the schools in the u.s that did similar things i mean it was the same amount for two years instead of all four and so right. I, I spent roughly the same amount of money, but got to go for twice as long. And I, and I was in Scotland. So I was like, well, right, it seems right. like a pretty, if I'm going to rack up some student debt, I might as well do it somewhere cool and memorable that little did I know at the time also turned out to be sort of life-changing and yeah. give you a different perspective on not just the world, but sort of who you are in it. And yeah, just all of it. It changes a lot about who you are and that old, uh, I can never remember who said it, but there's quotes about how you can never go home. I mean, it's true because as soon as, I mean, having lived there, Oklahoma was always different, but then now living back in Oklahoma, like a part of me still misses living in Scotland. Right, right. So I'm always sort of torn between different places of, well, I still miss my home in Scotland. And then yet, not only do you view your home different when you come back, it's just you're different in ways yeah yeah i mean i think it's fantastic i wouldn't change it for anything it's gonna change it yeah absolutely it gives you such a different perspective than i mean i grew up just you know podunk nowhere oklahoma and then went out and met so many different people of different cultures and yeah now i can't wait for house to get built and some other things to settle down and then try to get back out in the world and 
travel to some new places again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, as as I've said on this podcast and my other podcast as well, you shouldn't be the same person today that you were 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago. You know, life should change you, whether for good or bad. <laughs> Something about you should be different because your perspective on the world should be different. And I think when people stagnate and can't adjust viewpoints, <laughs> that, yeah. that might be a slight I mean, problem. Change is and can be scary. That is, I feel like that's unavoidable. But yeah. at the end of it, <clears throat> after the change, and if you ask questions about it and, you know, experience life and it changes who you are, I think, I think personally it changes you for the better. Yeah, yeah. More often than not, at least. Yeah, I I agree with you. I agree with you. So and anyway, I mean, especially is like back to your question of you know whether you're in your 30s or 20s or late teens and thinking about school. A lot of times in those years, <clears throat> especially 17, 18, 19, you're supposed to have it all figured out, and know what the hell you want to do with the rest of your life. But chances are you might not. Uh, right. If nothing else, <clears throat> going to school abroad, again, it changes a lot about who you are. But if you get a degree from somewhere, <laughs> there's the added element of any time you put your application in anywhere back home, if you do come back home, you're going to stand out a little bit. Because especially Oklahoma, you know, you'd see University of Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma, University of Central Oklahoma, Oklahoma, whatever university, Oklahoma State University, over and over and over. But when that application comes up that says University of Aberdeen, Dundee, Scotland, it's like, the hell? What is this? Right, right. It's just a little bit of something different about your application that will hopefully make you more memorable, give you a little bit of an edge. And and then you interview for it, and they're like, that Scottish guy had the most American accent I have ever heard. (laughs) I have asked so many interviews, people have asked me about Scotland and my time there and why I went and blah, blah, blah. It's, yeah, it helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I could could see where it would. Um, In the military, they actually say that a West Point degree means more in the civilian world than it almost does in the military world. I wouldn't doubt that at all. They're like, oh, hey, West Point, you know, and in the army, they're Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, you're just one of 40 dudes, (laughs) you know, in the, you know, in the brigade or battalion, whatever. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I get where that, that does that. So anyway, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on, agreeing to spend a, a Wednesday night as we record this and chat with me for a little over an hour. I appreciate that. No problem. Um, Thanks for having I, me. Oh, I I, re- I really appreciate you coming on. I just think it's cool to, you know, find out about something most people, especially around these parts, don't ever do. Yeah. And so uh, I appreciate you coming on, and I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast. And if you listen to season one, everybody knows who I used to say, who you should try to make proud. But season two, we've switched people. So I'm going to end the show with my new person that you should try to make proud. So remember, everybody, try to live your life in a way that would make Bob Ross proud. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Musings of an ADD Mind. If you enjoyed this podcast, or even if you didn't, please hit the subscribe or follow button. This podcast is a production of Hyper Focused Media.